Hi. Do not take candy from strangers. This is something your parents might have told you long back. Have you ever wondered what the reason for it is? Did you ever know that there was a true crime story behind this? Let's come into the case of the origin of do not take candy from strangers. A high profile kidnapping that shocked the entire nation. On July 1st, 1874, a horse-drawn carriage pulled over to a German house in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Two men came out of the carriage to approach a four-year-old boy, Charles Brewster Ross, and his older brother, Walter Lewis Ross. At the time, the boy's father was running his business in the dry goods store while not watching them, and their mother was in the Atlantic City recovering from her illness. Two men offered the boy's candy and fireworks. if they rode in his carriage the two boys rode with the men in the carriage through philadelphia charlie started screaming and he wanted to go home the men gave walter 25 cents to buy fireworks in a store but while he was buying fireworks the carriage left after walter walked out of the store no one saw charlie again according to the staff at people's magazine the kidnapping of charlie ross was america's first known kidnapping for ransom But paraphrasing Bill James, the author of Popular Crime: Reflections of the Celebration of Violence, it's hard to know what actually happened, and multiple conflicting accounts exist of the whole Charlie Ross episode, or whether his name was Charlie Ross or Charlie Ross, since newspaper accounts use different spellings. There are published accounts for different parts of the story, and there is no authoritative after-the-fact source that satisfactorily ties up the loose ends. James says. According to James, Ross's family appeared like they had the resources to pay the ransom if he wanted. They lived in a mansion on top of a hill in Germantown, a wealthy part of the Philadelphia area. However, the family was in was in actually a heavy debt due to the stock market crash of 1873 and they had no way to pay $20,000. Walter Ross described one of his abductors as a wiry man with a low forehead. and an old brimmed straw hat He also mentioned that the other abductor had a strangely shaped red nose which he called the monkey nose Now let's hear about the ransom 2 days after the abduction the kidnappers supposedly sent Charlie's father Christian Ross a note demanding $20,000 for Charlie's return which is over $450,000 today in 2020 It was a very poorly written note where someone had misspelled simple words like you and they. Christian Ross attempted to pay the kidnappers but the police didn't let him. They thought it would encourage and incentivize more kidnappers. Despite Christian Ross wanting to keep the search quiet and not inform his sick wife, the case quickly caught the nation's attention. Ross had placed ads in local newspapers asking for information for the son's safe return. and a friend in the Atlantic City showed Mrs Ross the mayor of Philadelphia was on vacation in California but had to be recalled to Philadelphia for the emergency Ross's parents and the supposed kidnappers frequently kept corresponding with 23 ransom notes between them children who claimed to be Charlie Ross popped up all over the country until they died the Ross family would interview 573 boys teenagers and eventually grown men all of whom who claimed to be Charlie Ross 
and all of whom turned up being imposters at some point the family had to develop a protocol to ensure the child could actually be charlie as the first high profile kidnapping for ransom across the country copycat crimes started to happen in major cities across america according to james newspapers jumped on criticizing christian ross who had offered them to pay ransom for his bad judgments and said that his judgment fueled copycat kidnappings an article from reading eagle was also had also uh, published the fact that the ross family won a $1800 lawsuit for libel in september of 1874 of course the ross family was actually bankrupt and unable to pay the ransom Philadelphia citizens raised a fund drive to organize $20,000 to help him pay for his son's ransom. Another fund drive collected $20,000 as a reward for the arrest of the kidnappers. The Pinkerton agency circulated an incredible amount of flyers with Charlie's picture and descriptions of the kidnappers. And it wasn't just in Philadelphia. The police were arresting people all across the country. Numerous viral cases were circulated of private investigators chasing people believed to have abducted charlie across the country so who were the kidnappers on the night of december 14 1874 two robbers broke into the summer home of judge charles van brunt a member of the new york supreme court in bay bridge long island however recently van brunt's house has been equipped with a new invention the burglar alarm van brunt's brother holmes van brunt heard the alarm from his house nearby Holmes brought out members of his household armed with shotguns and pistols to home to the home of Charles Van Brunt. They saw lanterns moving inside and then waited for one of them to come out on a frigid New York night. The burglars didn't come out for a long time, so Holmes and others forced their way into the house and engaged in a gunfight with the burglars. One burglar, Bill Mosher, was soon dead, and the other, Joe Douglas, was dying. Douglas asked for whiskey before he died and confessed that he and Mosher had stolen Charlie Ross. The confession was modeled by the fact that Douglas was dying, so witnesses according to James were confused about where Charlie Ross was. The aftermath. Mosher and Douglas were in fact the kidnappers. Walter Ross, given pictures of them, said they had abducted him when they took him to New York City. Mosher had the monkey nose that Walter had described earlier. Germantown's various witnesses confirmed that they had been hanging out in the area for days before the actual kidnapping. However, Charlie Ross was still missing. Investigators and police went to find Mosher's wife, who could tell them nothing about where Charlie Ross was. Mosher's brother-in-law and accomplice for many crimes, William Westerveld, was also found and questioned. James notes that Westerveld was tried in 1875 for kidnapping but there was no evidence that he helped Mosher. Walter Ross insisted that Westerveld was not one of the men in the van and Westerveld did not exactly know who Charlie Ross was. Westerveld was an accomplice of Mosher, was convicted of extortion and conspiracy and served 6 years in the Eastern State Penitentiary. Christian Ross later wrote a book about the experience titled The Father's Story of Charlie Ross, the Kidnapped Child, in 1876 to raise money and to continue his search for his son. Interest eventually started to fade and in 1878, Ross traveled to Baltimore to look for the boy who had looked a lot like Charlie. In a statement to the New York Times, 
it was the 573rd boy he'd been called to see i suppose i shall continue going to see my boys till i die but i don't expect to find charlie in any one of them the grieving father said christian ross died in 1897 and his wife in 1912 walter ross ended up being a successful businessman and lived in a mansion on chestnut hill in philadelphia and died in 1943 The Charlie Project, which profiles over 13,000 missing person cold cases in the United States, is named after Charlie Ross. According to Ron Franskel and K- Karen B. Valentine, authors of Crime Puff Guide to Outlaw Pennsylvania, the phrase, don't take the candy from strangers, originates from the case of Charlie Ross. Christian Ross and Sarah Ross spent an estimated $60,000 hunting for Charlie, and in the words of Franskel and Valentine, regretted to his dying day that he hadn't paid the ransom right away hey so that was my first ever podcast on spotify on the curious case of charlie ross if you like that like this episode don't forget to share it and tell your friends about it thank you and stay tuned for more